double shot with your favourite cousins, James and Alex Fitzgerald. I am extra peppery today, cuz, because I get tomorrow off for no apparent reason except I'm in the state that loves the AFL Grand Final. Well, and I am absolutely like a kid. In fact, I would go as far as to say that this is the feeling that I got when I was eight or nine years old waiting for Santa to drop the gifts off the night before. that That's how excited I am to be jumping on a flight down to Melbourne for Grand Final. First time I've been down to the Grand Final since the pandemic. I missed last year's. Oh, since um, the pandemic. So I'm very, very excited. Uh, got a bit of a crew going, which is going to be good. Um, I think I've got tickets, but I, I don't know for certain yet. So I'm slightly <laughs> nervous about that. You don't um, know if they're real yet or not. Do you do, like they could still be? Well, I've got a bit of a. Tickets. I've got a bit. I've got a bit of a. You sh- I should be able to get them for you, but it's not a. <laughs> it's not not concrete yet, and it's Thursday. Oh. So anyway, it's uh, flying by well, the seat of my, my pants. Um, I, I did. I did want to know though. Uh, question: mm. Have you ever had anything in your adult life that goes close to? the anticipation and excitement that you had on the night before Christmas? Wow. What a question. No. Like like my first thought is is my wedding day, but it's a different kind because when you're a kid, nothing is more exciting than Santa visiting and a bucket load of presents that you do not deserve. <laughs> like nothing is more exciting than that. And, and I've heard you say that before about AFL grand final and, um, and, and a lot of, and a lot of people for that matter, like just Christmas day, but I can't honestly say that I've been more excited. I, I guess, I guess maybe my, my wedding day, but I'm not sure. It's just not the same. It's not kid in a candy store excited. Yeah. It, you yeah. Know? I would say, um, yeah, AFL Grand Final for me. I love I love getting to Bridge Road in the morning, reading the paper, watching people, you know, go past in their colours. It is, it is as good it as is it gets. It is an immaculate vibe. Oh. It's, in a, it's immaculate. Unreal. It's just, it's just like, it's almost like, if you've never experienced it before, it's like the whole the whole populace was told that you know when they wake up on Saturday morning, they're all getting a hundred dollars. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I can't explain. Well, it's like and it's it, like, and I reckon it was like it never used to be a public holiday on the day beforehand either. So the correct. public holiday has sort of come after the event, which has added to it. And then in, in yeah. Queensland we get the Monday off, so it's it's um, you know kind of oh, equally as good. So I've we, turned I mean, it into a little four day weekend, <laughs> baby free, man. Deeks. Oh my god, flying baby in, free, flying might in, have in a tomorrow ticket. lunchtime. Far out, good on you. I uh, I mean, look the the Saturday the Friday grand final public holiday, and then with the game on the Saturday it doesn't really help all the sore heads getting around on Monday, especially if their team has won. Um, but yeah. far out, yeah. It's like it, that's the only way I can describe it. Vibes immaculate. Everyone's woke up. They're getting a hundred bucks, you know, and it just lifts the whole mood of the city. Yeah, and and hey, um, I won't go into the AFL because we we bashed that last week. Got we a bit, did, of, we did. bit sorry, of negative sorry, feedback that not all of us love footy. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> I get it. In any event, <laughs> in any event, um, it was we've got accommodation. Deke, Deke's and I are sorted. We've got a little two bedroom apartment. Actually, staying right up. Right up the road, on the same road as where our office is, believe it or not. 
okay. at the quest there, nice. which is pretty cool. So, anyway, like I said, you know, but there you is desperate. there is a cool. uh, housing crisis around the world today. <laughs> Would you ever though go to the depths of living in a skip bin as a means of 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 housing if you if you're in a jam? I know where you're going with this, and f no, I, I'd like to think that you know. I like, yeah, you, you know, I'm not much of a scavenger in that regard, just scavenging through skip bins, but I'd like to think that I have at least a little bit more creativity than the necessity of living in a skip bin like this bloke in London. But, I mean, look, yeah, that's, well, that, that's incorrectly put, isn't it? He's not technically living in a skip bin. Well, well, so 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 well, maybe we can post the video or we'll post the I link think, or something. But it got sent to me just after we recorded last week, and what what it basically is 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 this guy's done a YouTube video that's got like nearly two million views and you know gone viral, uh, and he he lives in a skip bin for fifty dollars fifty pounds I should say a month. So I think it's like sixty seventy bucks uh, in Australian dollars a month to live in a skip bin. And what he's actually done is for 4,000 pounds, he's fitted out a skip bin and put a little roof on it and and built like a mini (laughs) kitchen and a bedroom inside of his skip bin. And then he's been allowed to put the skip bin on a block of land that that, that wasn't being used Mm. and the skip bin costs him $50 a month to rent. And I guess he's done it. He reckons he's done it for the purpose of art. I'm not sure why art, but but in any event, oh. he's done it to make a statement. So it's not it's not a genuine kind of you know um, thing per se, but he's done it to make a statement about the lack of housing mm. and the lack of work being done to provide more housing in London, much like mm. in Australia today, to be mm. like someone in Australia doing it. I mean, and I just want to describe for the people like when we say skip in, uh, you've got to watch the video because. The best way I can describe it is though, like the skip. You know when you you know when you see a muffin. There's the there's the bottom of the muffin, and then there's the muffin top. <laughs> it's a muffin top skip. Yeah, house. A muffin so, top skip house. Yes, exactly. So this skip forms the base of the muffin, <laughs> and then he's he's built this sort of like. Sorry, I got you off guard here, but he's he's built like a structure. It's not. It's not very big, but that forms the the top of the muffin that goes on on top of the skip, and yep. that's kind of like his his bed. Um, he gives us a little tour. It's not much of a tour, <laughs> yeah. but takes, you know, the, takes he's, thirty he's, seconds. That's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Cameraman he's and that. him have just got to swap spots for <laughs> twenty seconds. <laughs> yeah, and and like you don't even. There's no door it, to it, walk in. Like it's literally of, it's a it's, latch. Was three by three point seven meters by one point six meters. So it's not not just, big. Yeah. He showers it's, it's at his gym, amazing. and a portaloo, a portaloo got donate, donated. So he's got a portaloo just outside. But look, he's done. He, his name's Harrison Marshall. You can probably find yeah. him on YouTube. And uh, look, great, good on him. Great initiative. It has, however, gotten a lot of conversation going in Australia, yes. at least, about tiny homes, mm. uh, which are these Love cheap, them. yeah, cheap houses that for eighty to to if you want a really glamorous one, one hundred and fifty thousand, you can get like a two bedroom small ha- home that gets just gets dropped off somewhere. You're not connected to sewage, electricity, anything like yeah. that. So you've got to sort of make your own uh, means around that. A lot of people using solar, um, mm. a lot of people having some temporary solutions around their, their water and toilets and, and all that. Uh, yeah. But 
they're cheap, right? Cheap way to provide a lot of housing. But like, I mean, look, I'm just going to just, you know, make a note here, but eighty dollars to $150,000 isn't cheap. Like our our mate in the Skip Inn in London, he's spent £4,000, which is the equivalent to like what eight, call it, call it eight to 10000 Australian dollars. Like that is... That is really, really cheap and or cost effective. However, you yeah, want to I mean, look at living in a skip in. To skip in though. <laughs> like. Yeah, no, precisely. But, <laughs> but still, like eighty to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars tiny home. Like, I mean, you know, what do you do? Like, do you do you do you get a loan for that? Do you well, put it on the credit card or what? But there's also like cheaper know. options. You can buy these like kit homes on on Amazon and eBay. But for twenty grand, the, your issue is where where you're putting the things. But Nonetheless, these well, there's, crises there's, bring out some serious creativity. Well, even more surprising, there is a Australian Tiny House Association. <laughs> so there is an association set up for Australian tiny houses. And there's a president. There's a president of the association. Her well, name is Janine Strachan, and she wants some reforms to the planning laws in Australia to allow... These tiny houses on any block of land uh, as of right. And, and she's actually coming from a, a point of view of we, we actually want some rules in place so that mm. when we go and put our tiny home somewhere, you know, we can point to the rules and say we've complied with the rules. So, you know, minimum setbacks from the neighbour's house, might have provided a car park or something. She she actually wants like some, some defined rules on where you can put them because at the moment people are just putting them anywhere because they come under the same rules as caravans in terms of oh. what you can actually do with them. Oh, so she wants more rules. Yeah. No. I thought you were saying like, you know, re- relax the rules so we can pop them anywhere. No. Caravans, you know, these these are a lot nicer than caravans though, aren't they? But good on, good on Harrison Marshall. He's got us talking about it on an Australian podcast. And he said he's going to live there for minimum one year. One now year. Let's see how he goes. Sharing at the gym for one year and using a portaloo. <laughs> That's, Middle of uh, winter, London that's winter. That's a tough ask. <laughs> so Phil Lowe, controversial figure as he was. <laughs> not, not, not our mate down the pub, Phil Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> no, Phil Lowe. So famously <laughs> told Australians that our interest rates weren't going to go up until the end of 2024. Oh, what, and, uh, what as a we, mischief he's done himself there, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, well, ultimately it cost him his job. And and Michelle Bullock, the new, uh, what, what do we call him? The, the governor of the, governor of governor the, of the Reserve, Reserve Bank. Bank. Mm. She's now she's now nearly two weeks in, but she had the first full week in the in the new job last week, and she was getting uh, she was getting peppered by media to give give them something, anything. She hasn't even had her first meeting yet. Uh, but what I thought was really interesting is Phil Lowe, on his way out, has done a bit of a mic drop moment where he's basically, you know, when you know when you, you sort of like you're out, you're probably thinking that you can be honest for the first time in 25 years. That, that's how it <laughs> felt. Like he's been, he's worked for the Reserve Bank for, in fact, I think he was there for like 35 years or something. So he's probably it got shows. like a, a cushy yeah. pension to go to. Um, you know, it doesn't probably need to work again. So he can, he can just, as he's signing off, he can just say, you know what, I'm just going to throw a few truth bombs that have been sitting on for 35 years just on my way out. Well, what did he give us? Like what do we got, four, like four or five here? Um well, yeah, I guess he, he dropped. Yeah, what do, what do we say? Maybe four, four, four. sort of big, um, 
We'll say bomb. Reflections. Truth, truth bomb reflections. Uh, number one, <laughs> number one is I think he basically mm. had a dig at the government to say, don't blame the RBA for the yeah. increased cost of living. We, yes, all we do is set rates. At the end of the day, we don't determine, you know, how how you guys run the country and um, wage increases and industrial relations and tax rates and corporate, mm. you know, this and that. Basically said, we're there's, just There's many levers to be pulled, not just interest rates, yeah. Yep, and he referenced Scott Morrison, the former PM, and said that one of his great achievements he felt was how he and Scott Morrison worked together to uh, get through the pandemic by coordinating policy, by coordinating the Reserve Bank's policy with the government's policies around legislating and and, and stimulus and, and all that sort of thing. Mm. And he goes as far as to say we, I quote, we saw just how powerful it can be when the government and the RBA work very closely together. Mm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Jim. Yeah, yeah, Jimbo, Jimbo Chalmers, yeah. So, so number one, he's sort of his reflection there to summarise is the RBA is a tool, not a solution. Correct. We're not the be all like end all. I like that. Number two really speaks to what <laughs> we just sort of <laughs> talked about. Number two, you can probably guess. Philo's yep. got some regrets, and that's his guidance <laughs> on many. 2024. <laughs> not many, but he did admit there was probably one regret. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't. the The governor of the Reserve Bank didn't have long sighted spec savers on, uh, and he he regrets saying that they're not going to put up the interest rates till twenty twenty four. I mean, he uh, then which, went on you know, for a couple of minutes trying to justify it, basically saying that there was a bunch of pretty credible projections that the unemployment rate would get as high as fifteen percent. Fifteen percent. It's currently oh three point seven. Yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So big. He he acknowledged though. Made a mistake on that one. Uh, he's then talked yeah. about the biggest threat, which I thought was was interesting. Uh, he talked mm. about like the biggest threat to the economy more broadly, and and I actually do like I'm, we're taking the piss out of him a little bit in those first couple, but I actually thought this was quite um, kind of you know valuable insight and, and wisdom that he was imparting. He basically said that if we want to uh, lift the living standards in Australia, uh, get higher uh, real wages, um, better healthcare system, et cetera. We've got to provide better productivity. And he goes on to say that the ideas are out there. It's not a lack of ideas. The ideas are sitting there. The mm. problem is the politics. Again, you get a feeling that maybe he's not super pleased with uh, the politicians mm. in all this. He mm. goes on to say it is in building consensus within society to implement some of these ideas that fundamentally is the political problem and it is a major problem today. Very, very interesting. But probably not as interesting as, as the last one. And just, this, is just it, this is in our wheelhouse, isn't it? This last totally. one is, is our wheelhouse. And, I mean, obviously that's why we talk about the RBA and, and it's been, you know, interest rates and, and housing sort of go hand in hand. But, you know, the whole purpose of the RBA was to, it, like, establish a body outside of politicians you know, so like outside of politics, right, um, like an independent body. Um, he's basically come out and said on housing, you know, don't blame the RBA. Like, yeah, we have a housing crisis, but it's it's got nothing to do or it's maybe not nothing to do, but it's not the RBA's um, direct fault 
because we lowered rates and, you know, now we're increasing rates. You know, he's sort of saying you've got to look to the politicians, you've got to look to the the planning reforms, you've got to look to the the supply or lack thereof. You know, that's that's not all in the RBA's lap. And no. it certainly should, you know, it's it wasn't and it's not. Um and he goes on to talk about it. It's like he listens to our podcast. <laughs> he look, you know, and, and in fairness to him, fairly successful governor of the RBA. He had one one real sort of big um, misstep in his guidance on twenty twenty four rates, but you know, he has a lot of experience and wisdom. And I think you know, it is worth listening to what he says. I don't reckon that Anthony Albanese and Jim Chalmers, our prime minister and treasurer, will be on Phil Lowe's Christmas card list, though. Look, probably not, but you can't knock. He's no doubt an immensely smart um, and successful guy. And, you know, it's the old saying, someone has to get crucified for the issues that Australia is having right now, and unfortunately they do come in the forms of actual real people. And the new know? and the new governor, um, first female governor, go the yeah. girls. Uh, <laughs> she's 60 years old and has worked at the RBA for I think, mm. I think they were saying... Um, she's been there for 35 years. So mm. since she was 25, she's been at the Reserve yeah. Bank. So a lot yeah. of experience inside of those four walls. will be interesting to see if she takes a different approach. I'd imagine she'd be pretty consistent given that she's been kind of there for so long. Probably not going to be coming in with a revolutionary new way of doing things. No, and I mean, like, it's not one person at the end of the day, right? It's a, it's a board of it's a board of people. Um, but yeah. you know, like, geez, she's got a she has a big job, and like, Massive. it's like all the premiers post COVID. Everyone knows who they are, <laughs> unless they've changed since COVID. But you know, more pop, more people have probably looked at the RBA's statements per month than ever before, and and had an actual handle on, you know, who Phil was and and now who Michelle is. Um, so like it. These roles of people, they're in the spotlight more than ever. Um, so she's got Absolutely. a really big job. She's got a really big job. It'll, it'll go one way or the other, Kaz. The people will 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 love her because, you know, maybe we'll sort out our, our economy as a whole and, and, you know, even still she probably won't get the uh, the kudos. <laughs> oh, I reckon, I reckon <laughs> she, she will. will absolutely cop it if it yeah. doesn't go very well. I reckon she'll get the benefit of um, probably getting it at the right time. As, as you know, change is as good as a holiday. That's, that's what they say. Oh, jeez. It's probably about time I got another holiday. Hey, you meant two weeks ago. <laughs> All right. So during the week, you're asking me about some deposit rates. What, whether I knew a good deposit rate. So I, I figure you must be flush with cash where you're looking to park it and get a return. I flicked you back Rate City and was surprised you'd never yeah. heard of Rate City Dude. website. Dude. Dude. Why? Like, how have you been keeping this secret? Why have you been keeping this secret? I don't... Well, I haven't. I've, in fact, I've been openly telling everyone about it, but um, you, uh, for years... You know, years. we've worked together like nearly 11 years. Yeah. Nearly 11 years. I'm assuming Ray City's been around, you know, a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> I.e. not All two 11. months. <laughs> <laughs> Has it actually? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, well, yeah, so Raid City, I wanted to tell the people, it's a website, Raid City. It's actually super mobile friendly as well because I pulled it up. To just, you know, check that you weren't, I don't know. Pulling your leg? I thought Raid City, <laughs> pulling my leg, and I thought Raid City's a good name, Raid City. It's pretty catchy. I don't think James came up with that himself. Um, website, go to Raid City, 
uh, land on the the homepage, and basically you can look up and compare. I'm sure there's others of this, so there's a bunch probably of financial so many people products. Just, yeah, yeah. Like, so many people I think maybe Canstar right as well, but Rate City, yeah, I find Star. the best, like most user friendly. It's easy. so user friendly. I think that's why I'm most impressed with it. But uh, yeah, home loans, personal loans, car loans, credit card savings accounts, term deposits. You literally just beep in your home loan there. Minimum deposit. Let's go ten percent on a six hundred thousand dollar purchase. Um, and then you, if you want fixed or variable, and I, I guess we were talking about a couple of different things. What, what are the best deposit rates and, yeah. and also the fixed rates at the moment? And then, bam, you just chuck it in and it gives you, like, it just comes up with everything. And you're right, there's so many different products. Um, a lot of banks that you've thing, never heard of. very hey. pretty. There's oh, a lot like of banks you've home. never heard of. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit concerning, not going to lie. Well, I do I do get a little bit concerned about like what was that one that was on the radio all through and it had like 1.19% uh, rates through COVID. Yeah, there was a and bank anyway, with a bunch of numbers. They've, got, that, they've that, got really bad press now because there's yeah. no one that picks up the phones. Like they've got no customer service capabilities. So, yeah. you know, like great on face value, but, you know, if, if you're not sure about something or yeah. something goes wrong or whatever, yeah. like there's no one for you to contact or no like... Yeah, customer service, which to, to me, oh, I, I find it's that. I find it's very handy for two two reasons. Number one, keep your bank honest. Like, good to when you're calling up your bank to ask for yes. a better rate. Good to be able to look that up and quote some actuals, mm. actual mm. like a, a bank that's that's offering the same. And then secondly, about middle scroll. If you can scroll to the middle, you're generally getting not the cheapest rate, still cheap, but you're starting to get some somewhat reputable names. Middle scroll. No offense to the names that are at the top. But the middle scroll. I've popped in. I've popped in like deposit rate savings. Yeah. Um. Oh, for twenty. What's that spitting out? Um. Twenty four months. Twenty four months deposits. You got to. You got to park your money. Can't touch it for twenty four months. Well. What are you getting I mean, on that? This. This is twelve. Sorry. This is twelve months. But first okay. option bank. No, this is oh, – we can get better than this, I think. But mind you, this is probably just um, – I've just put in like starting deposit 100 grand but no monthly deposit, I don't know, for 12 yep. months. It looks like the average is about 4.75%, which like, you know, that's Seems not too bad. Not too bad, yeah. At least $100 each month deposited with no withdrawals. That's that's pretty good. That's like a true savings account. Yep. But then again, like we talked about last week, you've got ING savings maximizer at five and a half percent, you know, with a few more caveats. Actually not not a lot of options. Man, that's the second time in, in two weeks you've mentioned that. Are you are you on the take from ING or what? <laughs> no, I'm not. And I also are you getting uh, influencer also, fees from them? One of the one of the few people who doesn't have an orange card after reading Barefoot Investor. I like to not get on the bandwagon of those particular things. In fact, my dad has a pink NAB card and I said, how did you get that? He said, oh, no, I just asked, you know, someone just, I don't know, spoke to someone at NAB and they said, you want pink or black? And I said, pink. <laughs> He's actually the reason that I know I can get a pink NAB card. So the, then I did. Bloody uh, beautiful. There we go. Anyway, Rate City, ratecity.com. All right, guys. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna me. I'm gonna head off early. Um, mm. Get some brownie points accumulated before I <laughs> hit the uh, airport tomorrow morning and head down your way for Christmas Eve or close <laughs> to. Yeah, you know. Look, you get stuck. You just give us a call. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See you guys. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, Alex and James Fitzgerald. If you've got a burning question or something we absolutely need to talk about on the pod, please write to us. Both of our emails are in the show notes. For little real estate tidbits and a little bit of banter, okay, a lot of banter, you can follow us on the gram. Our handle is the doubleshot.podcast. That, my friends, is the doubleshot.podcast. Until next time, think of us when you sit back and sip your next double shot.